Welcome back to the sounds of water pouring into a cup. Uh, I am one part of the host of Controllers and Couches. And I'm Steph Far. Full Metal Chicken I am. <laughs> Sorry, we have a lot more. We have three times as many drinks on this table as we yeah. normally would. And I think so I've... I had to reach around. And I've consumed way more caffeine than I could normally, you know, have. Uh, I'm about to consume some caffeine, so you can witness in real time how I go from depressed and tired to depressed with a faster heart rate. Yeah, it's like... <laughs> so many things. So... Yeah. As someone who's breaking the, the speed lockdown, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just drive. Well, don't past. worry. Lockdown. When they get to the end of the street, they'll have to literally lock them up. <sighs> Bang. Also, too, talking about locking up, we were watching a, a clip last night on YouTube where someone decided to literally overtake uh, some traffic and ended up six cars. Six cars, fucking poleaxing. Like one lane road. Yeah, literally. He clipped one with... Good thing they missed the horse trailer. Yeah, the cat... Fucking went everywhere. Fucking spastics. So, welcome back to Corona time. Um, Essentially, we don't have any Coronas in the fridge. But it's fucking Corona time. Apparently we're about to be because there's a chance that we could be in the third wave. Because of one stupid moron... ...who decided to travel literally across two-thirds of the state... Um, they're from a known cluster in Chadston, and without telling the authorities, they decided to go for a holiday, not a holiday, but they went out to Kilmore, didn't they? And then they infected a ton of people, well, potentially could have infected a ton of people. Well, I think and they're then, literally going to kill more now. Oh, Fucking dickheads. I, I'm, and a lot of the country population, especially people who go to cafes, are elderly. Yeah. Uh, especially in Shep and Vanilla. Yeah. I've been through Vanilla a, a fair few freaking times. They do have a nice rose garden area. And their KFC is pretty good. Yeah. I would say I've been there a few times. Um, so poor old bloody Vanilla. And then he went through to... Like he bounced around and then he went to Shep for a bit. And not went into some like tyre... Like auto repair stores and shit like that. So it is what it is. Yeah. Pretty shit. And they don't know if he evaded or if he didn't remember. My and I say, how do you not remember? See, so that's a different story. My guess is they evaded. Of course they would have. I don't understand. Like, it sucks for everyone. Yeah. Don't just break it because you feel bored. We're all bloody bored. Yeah. We're all bloody want to go out. You know what I mean? Like, you went out to run errands today, and I thought, oh, you know what, I'll go. And I'm like, you know what, I don't need to. There's no need for me to. But the I'm just going to stay at home. Honestly, the amount of people just doing stupid shit out and about, fucking ridiculous. Absolutely fucking ridiculous. And people still walking around. Like, they see it as an excuse that if they're eating, they don't have to wear the masks. So you see them just walking around, like, You're buying drinking. food for the sake of it. Yeah, so they don't have to wear the mask. But the law should be, you take a bite, right? You put your mask back on and you you chew and you swallow. And then when you're ready, you unclip it. And exactly. Do do. People don't care. They don't care. And now the whole thing is, um, apparently we have this same behaviour, not behaviour, but like uh, epidemiology is New South. Yep. Uh, Melbourne is quite similar to Sydney. And now everyone is arguing, well, Sydney hasn't been locked down for weeks so why does Melbourne have to be in lockdown? So they're going to put a lot of pressure, allegedly, on um, Dan the Man on Sunday 
to ask him to lift the restriction, especially the 5K one. Yeah. Um, and even if they lifted the 5K one, you still can't go anywhere and do anything. No, you like, can't. Like, where are you going to go? You literally can't do shit. And I'm not saying I would be one of the first people to go, but what I am saying is it just sucks that a few people want to do their own shit and not put other people first. I don't know. Yeah, it's like people are just... And also, too, like, you look at this, this shit isn't going to go away. Like, you know, it's... If it hits third wave, it's going to spend another six months. This is going to be... We will be in lockdown for a year. Literally. This shit is going to go on all the way through till next year. Everyone was saying, oh, we're going to have a COVID-safe Christmas. Dude, we were supposed to have... Everyone was saying we'd be good to go by the 27th of October. We'd have less... We'd have little to no cases. We'd have less than one case. Yeah, right? and you know what? It's going to get to a point where people will literally just go, you know what? Stuff it. Stuff it. Don't because care Because it's going to get hot. And where do people like to go when it's hot? The so beach. even though three quarters of the stuff is closed, people will go to the beach. People will go to, especially in Victoria, people, we don't handle heat well. People will go to the stores. And yeah. people won't care about social distancing. No. And they're just going to fuck it up. And, you know, people are just going to... You think about it. How many police are there to how many people in the population? People will just... They couldn't even manage the people staying in the hotel, no. the police. So they had to get them a private security firm that no one wants to admit that they subcontracted. Yeah. Because it was a freaking botch. So now people are going to start getting really, really antsy. Very, very antsy. People were antsy back in April. So, I mean, worst case scenario, I mean, we could be having riots... Like America, I mean that could be one thing. Lucky we don't have that. But then you've got other countries who are like, oh, you know, nothing's happening. You know, oh, there's no virus. You know, we're just going to hide it. Oh, the, the population is fine. Hello, Brazil. Oh, look, we're fine. I oh, know. Let's just burn the rainforest down while we're at it, while we get a chance. Yeah, because no one's out and about. They just keep logging. Yep, there's no rangers, so cool. Let's, let's get those trees. I wonder how. Um we will handle the fire season because I'm thinking that it's going to be like a really early hot summer because we had a early winter than normal. Yeah, I think honestly with the fires and everything that are going to hit, it's going to be... Because normally everyone would be out back burning and yeah, all this sort of stuff. Thing. So every, everything is taking a hit. This is going to be And bad. you can't employ gardeners to do it for no, you. It's going to be bad. Though they said, oh, people aren't supposed to be out doing, you know, gardening and everything. But I've seen people... Our landlord came to our front door and was like, yo, I'm bored. Let's do something that he should have done anyway. And we were like, dude, it's a pandemic. Yeah. And it was a 40 degree, nearly 30 degree yeah. day. And we were like, I'm not going out there to PM yeah. to do what you want to do. Can you calm down? Let alone... So I went out and gave my hand doing edges and stuff and got it done quick. And But you see people in like gyms mowing, driving around, doing gardening. But they're not supposed to be... Cash in hand. No, but they're supposed to be getting fined. And yeah. then the, the owner, quote unquote, of gyms mowing, Jim himself, was like, yo, if you get a fine, let me know, I'll pay for it. Which subverts the whole thing. It's like, oh, no, no, I got you back, don't worry. People are saying that they're going to organise um, protests 
And if a certain amount of people go, certainly the government can't find all of us. They and will. I'm like, why would you just risk it? Just be a normal human being. Sit your ass on your couch like you do every other day when you're not in a quarantine. And deal with your life. Yeah. There's plenty of stuff to do. You know. But, uh, yeah, sadly at the moment they're all just like, oh, no, fuck it, let's just go and do dumb shit. Oh, let's just go, oh, okay, yeah, oh, no, I'm bored, let's go to, like, shopping centres. Oh, great meeting places. You know, why don't, obviously, if you're in the country, you've already got social distancing, you know, that sort of stuff. Well, that was the thing, there were no, re- there were little to no regional cases. And now this shit's fucking popped it up. So they were, like, weren't they back on the second stage? So they could yeah. go out and they could do stuff. And now because of this, they've... <sighs> You know. You know what? If this was an American show, they would have dropped the nuke on Melbourne and just killed all of us. But here's the other thing. (laughs) The other thing. Everyone, sure, okay, schools. Schools went back. Went back. But also the amount of time that the schools have been closed in Australia, the amount of online work... It's technically been very detrimental, but we won't see the effects of it for at least three to four years. Can I suggest something? Sure. I think that... See, there are two sides to this. I personally was, when I was like doing lectures and shit, I was way more productive if I had to be at uni. Yeah. So when I had clashes or like with labs and lectures, not that I organised my timetable that way, but that's the way the uni gives them to you. Um, yeah, you can learn it, but for me to have to watch that lecture like two, three times because I'm not in yeah, the learning you can't space, con- yeah. right? And then part of me thinks I would have literally failed if I had to do coursework. But also too, people think of it this way: you could go, okay. There are people who are, that haven't come into the media, going out and infecting other areas because these, hypothetically, this is the conspiracy part, these people are being paid to stay home. So why would you... Would you you go out anyway? It's not a conspiracy because that's the point. As soon as you determine that you need to be tested and you go out to do the test... You fill out the form and you get... How, I don't even remember how much it is that the Victorian government will give you for staying at home to do... You get more money and that's what sucks. Like people that are actually essential workers, nurses, doctors, retail staff, whoever yeah. the hell is out there. And then people are like, why am I getting more money? Why should someone... And I understand that everyone has... There's, you know, terms and conditions. But it should certainly show who were the real fucking essential workers. Exactly. Who were the, those are the people that everyone should ensure that when budget surpluses come into thing for everyone else around the country and shit. Yeah. Because we'll, we will eventually get out of this. We because will. we don't know how much money Victorians are paying on things like um, streaming services that we have to pay GST for. Yeah. Because no one can go out and do anything. Uber. So... Well, we don't do it ourselves. I can imagine that there are people that would be like, I want, let's, for argument's sake, say a pizza from yeah. Domino's, right? And they'd be like, oh, I want to go get a pizza. Yeah, that pizza would normally cost you... Actually, no, that's not a good ex- example. What's a place that you can get pizza from that you can eat at there? Uh... La, La Pocetta, right? Yeah. Let's say on average a large is, what, 22 bucks? Yep. 
I don't know what the... I'd have to have a look on the app, but I'm fairly certain to get it delivered, you'd be paying an extra couple of bucks than what you'd pay in you would, store, the and thing, then the delivery fee. But here's the thing too. Normally what you'd have is an eating restaurant as takeaway as well. Yeah. However, if you've got a dining restaurant that is not doing dining, you're losing probably 70 to 80% of your staff. You're not paying any wages. True. Like so, you don't have your waitressing staff. You're just paying the chefs and the And to account for that, you then stuff. have a reason to up your prices because of the deliveries. Yeah. So essentially, you are dropping your overheads. You've got an increase and you're paying more tax. Yeah, but we're still generate. What I'm trying to say is... People are spending more money now, and everyone is getting ready for Christmas shopping and everything like that. People have already started. The sales are happening already for the majority of online retailers. However, they already can't cope. Because I, just for shits and giggles, I look at a lot of them, like their online store reviews, like best and less target came up not that i have purchased anything or would be interested in purchasing anything just to see how shit's performing people and are spending money yeah but it's it's more that they're spending money now but a lot of it is online it's more a change in marketing it's a change in the flow of the money it's more but we don't know like you don't know how the difference is that's what i'm trying to say you know yeah. what i mean i don't when will we find out how comparable it would have been to actual foot traffic within stores? Exactly. And the other thing too is coming up to Christmas, obviously you're going to get a surge in per, like the population in certain areas. So obviously it's October, two months till Christmas. Two months in like 10 days. There's no way that this COVID bullshit is going to clear in two months. Yeah. So what will happen is essentially... They, they need to make money. They need to start making money back. Yeah. So now the government is going to start implementing things to, you know, offset the deficit. So essentially now there's things like cigarettes, for instance. Oh, yeah. Um, I saw a TikTok before we read it on the news and I was like, dude, um, apparently now what the government is alleging is that you will have to get a script from your doctor to buy c cigarettes. But it's a new rollout plan, but they never said when it was planning to be phased out. But here's the thing too. How much money does the government make from okay, let's you have know, a look. drugs, How much money? tobacco, oh, well, sorry, but tobacco, firearms, and alcohol? It doesn't count. It doesn't count. What do they call it? ATF. No, 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 no. Where you buy the shit and you roll it yourself. Oh, God, I sound, I'm not a smoker, but nearly tobacco. every man. No, the chop, chop. Chop, chop, yeah. That's it. When you make your own. Um, Backyard chop chop. So, you know, roll your own, you know, tobacco leaves and chop it up and chop chop. Which makes sense, but, you know, it'd be okay. interesting to see how much of that is. Apparently, cigarettes cost the Australian economy $35 billion. Shit. I wonder, oh, hold on, tobaccoinaustralia.org, um, oh, shit, uh, there's a revenue table, I can send you the link right now, but it's only up until 2001, okay. and, hold on, I'll just put the link in our doc right now, um, 
so you can view it too. It's like uh, 13.6 revenue from tobacco taxes in Australia. Uh, state revenue, state revenue from tobacco products to June 2020, and it finished in the year 2001 at a total of 64 million dollars nationally. In Victoria, 14 alone. The heaviest smokers are New South at 21 million. That's a ridiculous amount. And I mean, what? There's something else going on behind the scenes, definitely. Because imagine if there was um, insider information that, like, there was another big case that was going to crack down, or like class action lawsuit cracking down on tobacco makers. But also, too, you know how the general populace gets scared by things like this. What will happen is suddenly people sh- go, "Shit, I got to stock up. I got to stock up," and they hit. Dumb question. Uh, prohibition and what was the last plague? Spanish influenza. Yeah. How close was... Did the prohibition was before Spanish? Or after? Because I'm thinking, if we're going to have a lot of new respiratory bullshit, the governments are going to say, oh crap, maybe by getting rid of cigarettes, we stand to not have as many people open to respiratory diseases because it's a comorbidity. Well, prohibition in the United States occurred from 1920 to 1933. See? See what I mean? Yeah. Everything just happens on a century turnover. And it was a constitutional ban on the production, importation, transportation, and sale of alcoholic beverages from 1920 to 1933. Yeah. And then what will happen is if you're suddenly decreasing the supply... People are going to do... Backyard thefts. What does that do, though? Can you... Because from memory, you can make your own stuff, but you can't distribute it. But... I think it's a law, but I don't know. Again, family members that did it. But the the byproduct of the prohibition was essentially the illegal market. Yeah, and that's how black market, black trade established in the US. And that was big. Like, people, it was a tough shit. But Top looking at that here, seeing how people... Australia would never cope. They, Australia would never cope. Because they rely heavily... Sure, we don't have as many firearms, but they rely heavily on alcohol no, and tobacco. We've got knives. Yes. Yeah. That's what Australia's favourite. Yeah. Play tool is. So, um, yeah, that's going to be interesting. Big time. Anyway, um, talking about being interesting... So the Cold War, it'll be already have happened by the time this episode goes out, but the Cold War multi-platform beta is coming out this weekend, I'm assuming. And so Xbox uh, texted us through our uh, Xbox Messenger service and said, oh, by the way, um, we're going to charge you 10 days before the game is released and you can now pre-install the, what do you call it, client? Yeah. Pre-install the beta demo, whatever the hell. And so that took freaking forever to do because <laughs> it turns out you have to update the Microsoft Store and Experience Host before you can install or ask to update the freaking thing. And you can only do it if you go to the link that they give you in the message message message. But you can only that link only works once you've updated. Oh, joy. And so that's what I had to do for you, where it took me like 20 minutes to figure out why I wasn't downloading. So yeah, that's happening this weekend. Um, apparently, it is again 
really cl- well the beta that they did for PlayStation last weekend apparently was very clunky. It didn't look like it had changed at all. People aren't happy. Everyone's still raging about school based matchmaking. And they just fucking flipping this shit. Yeah. And apparently people get to keep their levels. So we could be going up against a level forty on Saturday morning. Who knows? Be interesting to see what happens, but Obviously, I think the game at the moment is still fucked. And I wonder how it's working. The bit that is frustrating me the most is, obviously, there's there's been an influx in Alienware actually did a yeah, study you told me this. where it was like a, I think seven hundred fifty six thousand new gamers to platforms, and we're talking like Xbox, PlayStation, Switch, everything. So. There's probably more than that, but that's just from their analysis. So you got that massive influx of gaming, but the bit that frustrates me the most is by the time you see any news on a game, it's like, for instance, Call of Duty with all the nerves and everything, so far what I've encountered, by the time you play it, I go to play it, the weapons have already been nerfed. Everything has been nerfed. You can't, like, you hear these people... So, for instance... Just with gaming, by the time I find out anything... The all, Val? Was it, that what it was? The VS Val? Yeah, all the fun shit has been nerfed. And then it's like... However, I'll go into a match with... You know, now they're talking about SBMM with a whole fucking skill-based matchmaking. All they need to do is reverse boost and you're fucked. I have a question for you. Do you think that the... You know the people that make the bots and shit... Do you think that they have already started trying yes. to make bots for yes. the betas or alphas, betas, whatever yes. the hell it's going to be? Yes, they're already set, ready to go. Can you purchase them yet? I have no idea. It'd be interesting to find out. But taking that into account, for instance, these people who've gone out and already got Damascus and all this shit by just cheating, when you see the cheating lobbies and you see what they do, you go... There is literally no point. And then it's like people go, well, stop your bitching and just, you know, turn cross-platform off. But then the problem is... It's going to get really shitty because I think uh, PCers are going to be on with us this weekend. Yeah. So, um, there's that. Allegedly, there are. Uh, They're going to release them weekends beta. Allegedly. Yeah. But the thing with that is too... Like we and were... they're doing clean screen. So any recorded footage that you show of your point of view will not show the bot. Really? Allegedly. I don't know how um, accurate that is. But see, here's the thing. These people who will literally just cheat constantly, they don't get busted. They do not get busted. Then you see people who will stream, and obviously devs are going to be looking at, you know, top-tier streamers to see what's going on because they get feedback from them. However, when you go through and you see the playing style, you're literally just playing against, you know, bot software. It's just bullshit. Um, I showed you the photo where, not last week, the week before, I was in a plunder game. And I was just cruising around because it was double XP and you can get a lot more XP. So I was like just doing the... Like I get a chopper from Stadium because one of the Rubens is you have to pick up 10 contracts from Stadium. So I just dive... Like it was a quad squad, but I'd just go in by myself. 
because I was just doing dumb shit. So I'd just speed for stadium, get the contract, get in the chopper. Um, if it was an easy one, like a supply run, I'd do that. Otherwise, I'd just float around the map doing supply runs or recons. And I got to a point where I had to get down out of... Because like, when it's a chopper, you can touch the ground and you don't have to get out of the chopper if you're doing a recon, providing it's like, exposed, like a rooftop yeah. or the grass or whatever. And I got out and I heard a, a weapons supply box in one of the buildings. So I run around to go in and get it and I see that there are literally 50 weapons of the same gun, 50 of the, you know, the um, duffel bags full of money. Yeah. Uh, I think it was like 100 armor plates because they had two each time and it was just there. Yeah. Like an outfit. And I've gone, oh my God, I'm in a, a bot lobby. Yeah. And it, they were just dropping and that's the other thing too like we've noticed like for instance this is why it's so frustrating playing the game because there's nothing you can do there's nothing you can do and it makes it worse because you go in for instance and obviously I, you know we're playing shit but then you actually see it from like a different point of view like watching it on the couch the other night I was in the house I had the trophy system I stunned the guy I see for the guy I literally put 50 rounds... He around. shot your C4. Yep. And it did more damage to you than it did to him. And he and was he on was the staircase. And he was literally on the staircase. And I literally had FMJ thermal yeah. and I was it shooting through the floor into the his face. The thing I can think of is that he had the... Um, what do they call it? The... Shield? No, you know how you get the 8 when you put the... the, the, the but you the see armor. his... You know how you can wear 8 at one yeah. time when you have... What do they call that? Um, the ammo pack. Yeah. Oh, sorry, uh, armor you pack. You know what I mean. The... But he literally popped up. You see him snap. He literally yeah, snapped on one dude. shot. And you just go... Kids, what else are they going to do? Or, like, you'll throw C4. And, like, the, the guy, he's sitting on the ground. And, like, he's down. And I throw the C4 onto him, detonate it, doesn't kill the guy, but drops me. And I'm... You go... I got into a... When I was playing with the guys the other night. We got into a um, headquarters on Shoot House. And there was a little kid who's trying to obviously get Damascus. So he's sitting there with his shield in um, Shantytown. And you know how you, you're you like walking in from the junkyard, but through that house thing? Yep. You know, you walk in from the junkyard and you go towards where Flag C? Or is it A? I can't remember where that Flag C would be. Yeah. So you're walking in, not where the ridge is where you'd be able to jump down from that center thing that everyone long shots down. Yeah. So I'm running through and I saw his shield and I saw him go back because he just killed a friendly. So I've gone, if I walk past, he's going to ram me with my shield, right? So yep. I have full metal jacket on and I know you can shoot through the timber yep. that is the shanty town. So I literally just went like in a, what is that, a sine wave? Yep. I just ammoed out the wall trying to figure out where this kid was. And I did that. And he literally accused me of wall hacking. Yeah. And I'm like, child, it's a wall ping. Yeah. You and can literally see me try and suss out where he is. And then you got people who were running the fucking SP08. Oh, sorry, the 208. SP208. Yeah. And they're literally long-shotting people across the map through buildings. They've nerfed it now. You can't do it. Anyway, we should probably move along. Yeah. Um, we have a quiz today because if we skip the quiz, you'll get very upset. Yeah, and we'll say, oh my God, why didn't we do the quiz? That yeah, the quiz. Blah, 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 blah. 
Uh, so keep in with a Halloween theme. Something is hiding under your bed, and to find out what it is, all you have to do is design a haunted it's house. Probably a Big Mac. Okay, so you have what looks to be like okay, a... Okay, so first it says choose a haunted house. Choose a joint and trouse. And it looks like a really old church, white, white church chapel thing. down in Louisiana. Then, then we've got... Down by the bayou. Down by the bayou. Ding, 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 ding. And then we've got like a... Two-story farmhouse. Farmhouse with a tree and a light on. In the ground floor boating. by the porch. And then we've got some... Like a ranch-style house in the like hinterland in like West Virginia. Of, you know, conjuring West Virginia... And then we've got uh, another like New Orleans mansion sort of house. That, that looks, it looks very dilapidated and has no dumping sign out the front. Palm trees. Fuck. So I'm gonna go for the country villa. Which one's a country villa? Top bro? right. Looks like a villa. Oh, shit. So I'm gonna go that one. It looks all spooky. The. I'm gonna go for the down by the bayou on the first one. Down by the bayou. Okay. The choose a spooky one. bedroom. So we've got, uh, <laughs> well, this, this uh, set from uh, it chapter two. Yep, uh, we've got like an asylum bed, a white iron bed, and then what looks like the outlast. Oh, that looks snapshot. fucking wonderful! And then we've got two beds for company. Oh my god, my hair band for, from my watch because I keep it over the watch. It flipped my wrist, and I swear to God, I thought one of the cats just tapped me, and I nearly got <laughs> pissed myself. Uh, funny. I think probably the most comforting room that we go for. You're not is looking for comforting. You're looking the for the outlast room. Okay, so I'm going to be yeah. The outlast cool. room. Then we have choose a creepy kitchen. Well, the first one definitely doesn't look like it was made from IKEA. Um, there's it's some got pots like a and yellow pans. curtain. Yellow it looks curtain. quite clean, to be honest. Yeah. Then we have like a very Black dusty kind of yeah grayscale kind of the larger kitchen yep um then we've got what? that looks like the scene from jurassic park where the kid is running through the old yeah I mean, it's like is it two or three where they're looking for that kid yeah so like an abandoned farmhouse kind of thing with all the leaves glass and is busted out and the vines are growing into the house and then we have like the chernobyl kitchen which is like yellow and white looks like it's just been sprayed with mold and shit and a couple of the cabinets are open. Yeah, very foreboding. I went for the busted windows. It looks like Jurassic Park. Yeah, that one looks nice. It's supposed to be scary, not nice. I'm right. Okay. Uh, choose a spine-chilling living room. So we've got like a a room where someone's left the TV on. So that could <laughs> That's be some serious poltergeist, poltergeist shit. shit. Um, then we've got an orange uh, room. So it could be backlighting. Either that or the fire department's out the front. Um, we've then got like looks like a penthouse suite with a couch obviously that looks like some British manor with the bay windows yeah and a chair it's mm. a lot of light in that room yeah then we've got like a um, a house that looks like it's undergoing a reno because of the floorboards <laughs> yeah 50 years ago with missing floorboards that's a nice fireplace though but um, you want creepy right mm -hmm. so I would go for you can do some serious scary shit with just light coming from a television though yeah you can so, welcome to SBS. Um, so, I think the one that looks most nice for me is I like the lighting of that couch. Yeah, I know. I would choose that if it was me doing restoration. However, this is a haunted house. Okay, I'll go the bottom right one because I like the fireplace. Cool, done. I'm going to go for the poltergeist television poltergeist one. Poltergeist television. Okay, finally, choose a blood-curling bathroom. 
We have three bathroom sinks with a mirror. Uh, there's three there. You've also got a, another one where there's a little bathroom. There's someone trying to, who's obviously been locked into the toilet. No, no, a, there's someone outside trying to get toilet, into the bathroom. To because I want to take wearing a, a mask. Because I want to take a dump in the sink. Yeah, and by taking a dump in the sink, you mean gut you and dump your guts in the sink. In the sink. And then we've got someone sitting by two sinks. That's um, some real um, Silent Hill bullshit. Silent there. Hill, maybe the scream mask. Maybe they're screaming because it's not a third sink. Because the top right image is missing the sink from the bottom left one because it's three three, yeah, yeah three okay. one two. Anyway, and then we've got a toilet now, <laughs> where the cistern is literally two meters. Yeah, up in so the air by the ceiling. honestly, I think that's probably the the blood curdling one at the top because obviously, if you try and you know flush that one, it's a long way coming. So, I'm going to go for the lonely toilet. I'm going to go for the first one where it's just a long mirror with three sinks because you can put some spooky shit in those sinks. Oh, yeah. So. Actually, no, no, no. No, no, no. I say that again. I'm going to go for the person standing outside the okay, bathroom. Okay, do it. So I got Pennywise from It. But we chose it. different things. I know. The shape-shifting killer clown is under your bed. We hope you've come to terms with your worst fears because good old Pennywise is going to bring them up. Have fun floating. I hate that gif where it's him cracking the glass. Yeah. And he's just there, like his smile's getting like. He looks so happy. Stop that. (laughs) Yes. Um. Do you want to talk about Blind Manor in this episode or next episode? Uh. So for next. Next next episode. No. Next episode. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Do you have anything, and do not say no, and then start with a story, but do you have anything else you want to cover? No, all good. Before main ep today? All good. Alrighty. I'm going to make this quite fast for you today. Um, today we're going to be talking about... It's technically an open legend, but I'm going to classify it as unsolved. Yep, unsolved. Okay. Have you heard of the SS Ura Madan? Yes, I have. Tell me everything you know. Well, I'm only up to and chap- sixty seconds or less. Well, I'm only up to chapter two at the moment, but essentially it's a ship that just had the entire crew fucking vanish, like poof, gone, bye bye, and the ship, ghost ship. So essentially, from what I've been playing so far of it, and the actual, you know, the man of Madan, um, essentially, ghost ship. Uh, maybe I reckon it was, you know, like a, a gas attack or something on the the ship and essentially everyone kind of got a little bit you know hallucinogenic and just jumped overboard for a swim um so i think that's what's happened otherwise aliens landed on the ship nicked everyone off because they didn't have the correct fishing ships you know okay anything else Mm, no also it could have been the titanic no also yeah okay no continue yeah so i say it was conspiracy by the American government to cover up their uh, weapons experiments on the Germans. That was probably it. <laughs> I love how you disregard and you talk. We tear apart every single other conspiracy. But when it comes to a military conspiracy, we're like, let's spin some real shit. Real shit. So how long have you been asking me to cover this for you? A long time. A long time. Because <laughs> we actually were playing it and we've actually looked it up and we were like, obviously. You know, I haven't gone down the rabbit hole because I was too busy. Oh, fucking. you're about to. I hope you got your little bunny tail ready. Yeah, Because we're it's about to go. Time for some VX fucking weapon gas. You ready? Mm, go. 
So today we're going to cover something that we first heard about, like Michael said, in a video game called Man of Medan. If Man you haven't Madan. played it, it is absolutely brilliant. It's like a choose your own adventure story mode kind of thriller horror game. It's not really too dark. If you like jump scares, it is what it really is. good. Um, and it's kind of like... You can do as little or as much as you want. Yep. You don't have to play as a completionist if you don't want to. You can play as brutal as you want. Yep. You don't have to pick up every item to suss it out. You can just... if Say if you get scared, aka Jev, you can just run through. You don't have to yep. do all the items and stuff. Um, so, yes, you've been wanting me to cover this podcast for, I think, about a year. <laughs> yep. Um, because if you can't tell, Michael loves military conspiracies. Mirror mir- mir- spies. Conspiracies. Um, so there's a lot of quote unquote research <laughs> peer reviewed totally. Yeah, um, not like peer reviewed <laughs> on the internet, but a lot of it just repeats itself. So it's not like you can find source material, right? Yeah. And everyone just regurgitates the same information. There's hardly anything that is unique or is like a unique story point unless you're asking for someone's point of view on Reddit. But even then, it's just regurgitations. So let's jump right in. The SS Uran Madan, uh, if you translate it from Indonesian to English, it translates to Man of Madan. Ooh, because Madan is a city in northern Sumatra, Indonesia. Um, fun fact, do you know what the SS prefix stands for? Uh, I should do. Um, no, I can't remember that. Uh, it's an acronym for steamship. Oh, there we go. Yeah. Um, I always was like, what the hell does that mean? Like, she sails something? But apparently it's a steamship. So anyway, the Man of Madan is, or Uran Madan, is an alleged ghost ship, which is believed to be shipwrecked in the waters of the Dutch East Indies, um, because, you know, Dutch white colonizers. Yep, yep. Um, we would now know that place is Indonesia, because yes. independence. So, uh, there's a lot of contra- contradicting information within the story that everyone regurgitates already. Yeah. One of those is that the shipwreck may be somewhere else, um, whether it be around Indonesia or a different ocean or anywhere else on the planet. In terms of the crew, it is believed that they all died under suspicious circumstances. Uh, however, in other recounts, they say that there was one sole survivor, but we're going to get to that a bit later on. But what I'm trying to say is people are... Yeah, none of them. <laughs> yes. So, again, it's under a lot of debate, but this whole ghost ship incident could have occurred in 1940, 47, or 48, depending on which article you decide suits you more. Yeah. So, I refer you to the Yorkshire Evening Post. Yorkshire Pudding. On, that was published on the 21st of November at 1940. Pudding. And, um, <clears throat> explosions defeated boarding party. I wonder why, because it was an explosive experience. A blast and, <laughs> from the past. An eyewitness account of the last phase of a mysterious sea tragedy, tragedy has been brought to Trieste, the Trieste is the town, by a merchant marine officer who went to the rescue of the steamer Uramadan of the Solomon Islands last November. Dun 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 dun. And then it went on to, you know how they say the jump? Yeah. And so you turn it over and you get to the next page and it's like, 
dreads no wounds, and I'm, I couldn't read it because it's so pixelated, but it is what it is. Yeah. And then uh, the next day, the Daily Mirror, so different um, newspaper, published on the 22nd of November, 1940. Uh, crew dies in SOS mystery. So, um, yeah, Yorkshire Evening, this is what I... So, I couldn't read the rest of the article, so yep. I found a website that allegedly found the article. Yeah, yeah. And then they summarised... Sorry, took quotes from the article. So, the Yorkshire Evening Post, published in London, England, because that's where Yorkshire is, on page five said, Mystery SOS from Death Ship. And it said explosions were repeated. Soon nothing was left of the Uramadan but a blazing hulk. The next day, the fire burned itself out, and the steamer went under her secret with her. The Uramadan had set out in SOS, and the message, Send Doctor Urgent. And then the other point was, SOS from the steamship Uramadan. Begs ships with shortwave wireless get touch doctor. Our shortwave set, we relayed the call for help. Medical stations Germany, Rome, and France replied. We informed the Uramadan and asked her to transmit requests. So none of this sounds like an actual sentence. No. Like, I understand Morse code has to be slightly broken, but none of that. No. And also, um, I would imagine that Germany and France are quite a way ways away from Indonesia. Oh, yeah. Big difference. Because Australia was colonised in the 1940s. By the SS. Or Madame. Maybe. <laughs> no, I hope not. So then, um, we already covered the next day, crew dies in SOS mystery. Uh, they had the Daily Mirror, this one was, and they had the same basic account, but more brief of an article. And then allegedly, a week later... The Hampshire Telegraph from Hampshire, England, Hampshire, sorry, um, on Friday the 29th of November 1940, on page 8, had an article titled, The Story of Weird Sea Treasure. Do people not know how to write? Like, I understand you have to cut words when you're printing a newspaper, but why do you have to make sentences sound broken? Uh, just because, you know, they want to make sure that it's, you know, technically profound, where it's like, oh, something happened. We need to make sure that you know, we make this season of, you know... <laughs> bold and the beautiful. Bold and beautiful. As addictive as possible. Or maybe it's a case of, you know, they're just mocking the, the story tales of dead space. And then, you know... So let's jump forward eight years. Okay? And it's 3rd of October, 1948. And on page 33 of the San Francisco Examiner from... Oh, my God, where's San Francisco again? California! California! Knows how to party. A very short article announced the secrets of the sea and, well, that's what it was titled, I'm guessing, is what this person's trying to say. And um, they wrote a short piece about the Uran Madan. And then seven days later, the Atlanta Constitution from ATL in Georgia uh, ran a story on page 24 and 25 titled Secrets of the Sea. So they just expanded on what the San Francisco Examiner had just written. And then the San Francisco Examiner said, you know what, we like their story better than ours, so we're going to copy-paste, plagiarise their story that they wrote based off of our story and republish it the very same day in our evening paper. Ooh. Mysterious. So this is the ultimate game of Chinese whispers. It is, yes. I told a story, but, I but told someone it. else told it better. 
So I need to. So I need to take that, and it's mine. So I need to, you know, make sure that the VX rockets were like, you know, stowed safely next to the sarin gas, you know. So. As you do. That makes serious sense. And then apparently the Windsor Star had a summary of that reposted article uh, the next day. Sorry, are you... Uh, yeah, the next day, sorry. So, um, heaps of other articles came to the point where no one really has recorded those ones because there were allegedly so many. And these later ones agreed that the location of the shipwreck was 400 nautical miles, which is like 740 k's, or 460 miles, southeast of the Marshall Islands. And um, if you don't know what the Marshall Islands are, they're kind of, um, they're kind of quite large. Like, you wouldn't think that they're kind of that big for what they are. It's like a cluster. Um, it's part of Micronesia. And uh, they've got, so they've got nearly 60,000 people that live there. So it's not technically really small. So what I'm trying to say is, um, I don't know how their navy was. <laughs> Uh, in the 1940s. Doesn't sound like it was very good. But I feel like people would have known if a shipwreck was happening. Big time. 700, uh, you know. Stuff would have washed up on the shore, right? Surely. Some. Yeah. Surely. Perhaps not. Perhaps the, uh, you know, sailors were like, ooh, you know, let's just sink this and steal the uh, goodies. <laughs> yeah, great goodies, eh? Mm. So ultimately, whatever timeline or version you think is more, um, it's an unsolved urban legend. And I say it's a legend because even though the story is like being recycled in the news um, over and over and over again, the ship's actual existence is unconfirmed. And what I mean by that is there are no details on the vessel's construction and history. There's no official registration of the ship and there was no recorded accident or investigation. So I don't know about you, but it's a bit sus to me. And I can say that if it was indeed involved in something nefarious, I'm not denying the fact that in the 1940s it would be hard to yeah. wipe something off, considering what they did with the Titanic and the Olympic. No? I don't know. It's like, I reckon there was aliens on board. Please tell me you're being sarcastic. Yes. <laughs> Jesus Christ, I was about to stop this episode right here and have a bloody conniption. But what do you think about that? There's no history on this vessel. It's it bullshit doesn't because exist. every every ship that is made, history. I, I, yeah, I think it's all just a big, you know... Woo-woo. Woo-woo. <laughs> Someone made a story to scare seafaring goers, you know. Maybe it was sirens. Yeah, possibly. Mm. Or alarms, either of the two. I saw this thing on um, TikTok like last week, and it was, you know, all these guys are like, yo, I'd love to have a mermaid girlfriend. And then this girl was like, you do realize that deep sea animals have to have blubber? So all those chubby girls that you don't like, <laughs> you know, are the, probably the better representation of what a mermaid is. <laughs> and then there was a whole bunch of guys that were. Um, you know how you can react and stitch with TikTok? We're like, shit, that makes sense. Yep. No? Alright, never mind. Tangent. 
So, now we're going to talk about this alleged soul survivor, right? So, allegedly, this guy somehow got off the ship and somehow was found by uh, some, what do they call them? Monk? Yeah. That was part of an Italian missionary um, on the Teongi Atoll in the Marshall Islands, right? So, somehow, this guy's through gone through this really harrowing experience. Yeah. Somehow gotten off the boat and then has somehow traveled 700 and what did I say 40 nautical miles to Marshall Islands? Yeah, that's a fair distance. And also, I'm not trying to be rude, but how would you like? I don't think you'd be able to see land no. that far away, right? So, how would you know? You wouldn't. Maybe Ocean Current takes you there. I don't know. So, allegedly, uh, before perishing, this unknown man. But that we're going to get to that. He tells um, this these missionary men that the ship was carrying a badly stowed cargo of sulfuric acid, and that most of the crew, peri- crew perished because of the poisonous fumes escaping from broken containers. Right. Gotta love some rotten air gas. Wouldn't it eat through the steel of the ship? Yeah, it would. It would fucking just keep on. Depends on the malarity, I understand. Yeah. But it would fucking sink through the bottom. Do you reckon they'd carry it as an acid or do you think they'd carry it as powder? Powder. And then all you need is a little bit of humidity, a little bit of Safe carrying it as powder. And bang. Is it explosive? Like, I imagine if, like, it would react violently if a lot of... It would, like, would oxidise. You know what? Sometimes we talk about this shit and I actually get really scared that Asia thinks... I'm plucking something, like seriously. We're going to talk about it in another future episode because I think it's really cool. It's another thing that you asked me to sing and I'm just like, I really get really scared sometimes when I research some of this shit. Because the other night, last night actually, I was watching Steph Sue's video about, um, apparently there was this kid and he like reenacted Michael Myers' murders on just... his family just because he didn't like his family and they were allegedly <sighs> racist. Great. And I'm like, I was researching it, and I'm like, you know what? All they would have to do is look at my search history, and if they didn't know me, if there was no one who knew me, they would say that I was a murderer. Meanwhile, (laughs) me, where's the nearest donut shop? (laughs) Yeah, okay, fair enough. (laughs) Anyway, so let's get back to it. This man, he goes, we were sailing from an unnamed small Chinese port to Costa Rica. And we were deliberately trying to avoid the authorities, so we took some like weird route to get there. And he was allegedly a German man that no one knows the name of. And after he told his story to the missionary, um, he passed away. But the missionary told some author, uh, Silvio Sherly of or Chile or whatever the hell, of uh, Trieste, Italy. Um, and then so somehow the Dutch newspaper, because it's part of a Dutch route, right? was like, uh, this is the last part of our story about the mystery of the Uramadan. We must repeat that we don't have any other data on this mystery of the sea, nor can we answer the many unanswered questions in the story. It may seem obvious that this is a thrilling romance of the sea. Yeah, real romance. Yeah, real romantic. On the other hand, the author, uh, Silvio, assures us of the authenticity of the story. Do you have his uniform? Like, I'm pretty sure... They'd have names or something, right? Yeah. 
someone has got to have some ID on them. Anyway, so apparently uh, he wrote this as part of his report on export trade that was published on the 20th of September 1959. And then, this is going to sound really stupid and I acknowledge that. Listen to this. New evidence found by the Skittish Library. And I'm like, in my notes, I've gone, yeah, this is a totally reliable peer-reviewed Skittish source. Skittish Library? They're yeah. really drifting. I know, right? Uh, their uh, evidence, new evidence, shows that there were n 1940 newspaper reports of the incident taken from the Associated Press, being the Daily Mirror and the Yorkshire Evening Post. So basically, this Skittish Library... Whether those articles are fabricated or not, whether they've done that themselves or, like, taken them from somewhere else, that's their account. Yeah. So, well, that's their version of events. So everyone has gone to the Skittish Library and taken that information. So these people are the head of the Chinese whispers today. Yes. Right? So we believe their version of yep. the story, and we're just trusting that these articles are legitimate. They've gone El Dodgio. I just found that questionable, but I just need to state that before I forget. Do you don't even look at it like it's don't even do it on your phone because you get some weird advertisements. Yeah, yeah I won't. <laughs> I thought that's where you were going. No. Um, so again, there are differences in this story too because apparently the man could have also washed up on the Solomon Islands, and um, yeah, so pff, allegedly the story lives with Silvio. So let's get to the meaty, nitty gritty mm, part of the story. Nitty gritty. So allegedly, um, at some point between, well, in June of 1947, two American vessels, the city of Baltimore and the Silver Star, were navigating the Straits of Malacca. I know. As a um, <laughs> as someone who knows <laughs> what that word is, and I taught it to you. Um, it, it's really funny. That I just said that. Anyway, I wasn't swearing. <laughs> so these two ships, the city of Baltimore and the Silver Star, they picked up a distress signal from a nearby Dutch merchant ship, the Uran Madan, which was broadcasting in Morse code, SOS from Uran Madan, stop. We float. All officers, including the captain, dead in chart room and on the bridge. Stop. Probably whole crew dead. Stop. And then they had some confused dots and dashes of Morse code that didn't equate to any yeah. thing. And then the last two words were, I die. And now it really is like, we all float down here. Calm down, Pennywise. <laughs> so the Silver Star rocks up to the party and they found, found... How do you know where the ship is by Morse code? Well, they didn't transmit allegedly coordinates. So, so how do you know where they are? I, I mean, I'm not a Seafair. admiral yeah. of the Australian naval fleet, but I have questions. Maybe they took like the frequency and were able to track the, you know, the approximate region where it came from. Okay, fair enough. What you say makes sense. I, I I'm just saying I don't know. I'm not discounting your knowledge. You know what? I'm just I saying. think honestly, you know how they found the ship. I reckon what they did was they employed the use of um, vampire bats and bloodhounds. And <laughs> yeah. what they did was they put them into little dinghies and then with their little um, legs, they paddled out into the ocean 740 nautical miles off the coast. 
Um, and then what they did, I reckon they probably used at least five, six hundred beagles, and then seafaring beagles with little. Um, <laughs> You've got to make for seafaring. Seafaring beagles, and then they used the power of their their schnozzers to then <laughs> sniff out Christ. the ship signals. Okay. And then now I have there. a separate question for you. What's the difference between a nautical mile and mile? Well, a nautical would mean over water. But why is that different to a mile? Like, just say. No one's expecting you to drive over the waves. Like, we know what you're doing. I don't know. We know you're sailing. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe I should know that. I, I, I swear I've covered this in some game of some pirate ship. I would know the fact that I don't know that I'm I, I'm ashamed of myself. There's I should know why it's nautical. But, you know. Ah, measures distance and not speeds. There we go. Done. Because if it was inland. Oh, they also use nautical mile in space navigation. Sweet. That's probably where you came across it because of Star Trek. There you go. It's a non-standard international unit. Dun, 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 so a statue. Sorry. Um, it's estimated that one nautical mile is one point one five normal miles. Normal miles. That would make sense because you got to go over like waves and shit. So I don't know. In the waves. I don't ask questions. I don't listen. I appreciate that there are people who like aqua adventures for example i like to swim however i like to do it in a confined space that's safe and man-made right secondly i don't like ships i appreciate them for what they are if someone gifted me a 20 million dollar super yacht i ain't gonna say no but what i am saying to you is i don't like it Someone would ask me, oh, what kind of ship would you like? Would you like a ship or a boat? And I said, well, if you want to go out and get like a $2.6 million super yacht, I'd go out and Dude, go for... You can't, buy two points, you can't buy a super yacht for $2.6 million, buddy. I don't know where you think you're from. They're minimum $20 million. It's a GTA. I, but what I would go for is the Bismarck. Listen, pal. You know what? That thing would destroy the competition. Once upon a time... There was the Bismarck. Not long ago... In a land far, far away. <laughs> no, actually... A it was, seafaring it was, land far, It was far Queen's away. Cliff... Was they have the this thing where you you travel from Queenscliff to Sorrento, but you do it on a yacht thing. Not yacht. a yacht, but it's a ship, like a barge ship, okay? It's a flat regardless thing with being, Regardless being, my mum, my grandmother, decided to take my brother on a road trip, and I happened to be there. On a barge. It wasn't a barge. It was more like a ship. It was a boat. I, Maybe it wasn't Queenscliff. It was a Sorrento floating then. device that moved Listen, it was a ship of... because there was a restaurant there. No, shit. I think it was Williamstown. No, it couldn't have been Williamstown. Was it Williamstown, though? Anyway, so regardless of where it was, we were on this fucking ship, and the car was awesome. No, because we didn't take the car. The car was left at the port, wherever the hell it was. It anyway, was left on the starboard. Anyway, so I'm here in this restaurant, and my mum is like, but yo, you're in the do- boat. Yes, I was on the ship. But was the car on the ship? I don't think so. I'd have to ask my mother. Or was the ship on the boat? I, Please stop. So we were in the ship. In the boat. Yes, and so we're like the top level, but the restaurant was obviously enclosed, and then you can go out on the balcony. Of the boat. Of the ship. Please stop. And so I'm sitting in there, and my mum is like, I was sitting on a chair, because I don't know about you, but it took me a long time to conquer not throwing up in cars, because of motion sickness. you were trying not to throw up in the car on the ship on a boat. We weren't in the car! Oh my god! You're in a boat. (laughs) I swear to god. On the ship. Yes, I'm just going to ignore what you're saying and I'm going to continue with my story. So I'm there and my mother says to me, do you want me to get you something to eat? And I'm like, 
I don't think that's the best idea. And my grandmother's like, let's go outside and get you some fresh air. All the fresh so air. So I looked that out the window. Sea, sea I looked out the window. And you know how you have the normal six pane windows? Ooh. The sea went from the bottom to the, to, the, to the second, like, second from the bottom. Did you just wave? My stomach was, my just enteric wave. nervous system was. Ooh. And I was like, this isn't good. And then so my mother... And my grandmother grab each of my arms and half drag me outside. And I'm like, I can't be here. And I'm looking at this thing move and I can see the angle. And my brain's like, no, we're on some, we're on some serious we're on uppers. Some dank lemons. <laughs> and I've looked at them and I'm like, I, I can't do this. I need to go back inside. Can someone take me? And my mum's like, it's not, no, my grandmother was like, it's not that bad. You're going to be okay. And then so... A man overheard what they were saying to me, so he turns around and he must have looked at me and he's like, are you okay? And then my brother's like... No, I'm on a boat. Which is actually a ship. Anyway, so I don't do ships. You're on a water car. I don't do ships in normal circumstances, let alone ghost ships. What about if the ship was in a car on a boat on land? So, we're going to ignore everything you just said and we're going to get back to the story. Woo! Silver Star rocks up to the party and they somehow find the ship. Uh, they know something... They find this boat. They found... This ship. Boat. It's not a boat. It's a ship. It's a shit boat. It is a shit boat, obviously. Fucking shit boat. And they decide, it's, you know what we're going to do? We're going to board it. fucking coral plantation. So, I don't know how many members of the Silver Star crew went up there. Probably just one. His but name allegedly, crew members that climbed aboard the ship said they felt cold chills. And this is the middle of summer. And they found that the ship was undamaged. This is important. It's pertinent to the story. And that the ship was covered with corpses, including a dog, unfortunately, a papa. All the bodies were found sprawled on their backs, their faces frozen in fear, and they were all looking straight up at the sky. Their mouths were gaping open. They had no visible injuries. It just looked like they had been scared to death. So, some of the crew members eventually make it up to the bridge, and they found the radio operator's hand still on the terminal of the Morse relay after he had um, tapped out, I die. Um, so, it was decided that the Silver Star would tow the ship, the Man of Madan, to the nearest port, but suddenly a fire broke out in the Man of Madan's fourth cargo hold. Ooh, that's why they put chimneys on boats. Don't ask me how they determined it was the fourth cargo hold, but it was the fourth. And this caused the... Obviously, the crew of the Silver Star are like, we're not going to stand for this. So they, you know, evacuate the ship, get back on their ship. They evacuate the freighter. And just as the last crew member made it back aboard, the Medan suddenly exploded into a fireball and immediately sunk to the depths below. Oh, lovely. So any evidence of the ship sunk with it, allegedly sunk with it. Um, and then there was this really stupid thing, and it's like um, there's this image floating around on the internet of a body allegedly discovered on the Uran Madan. And if this image is real, which no. I don't think so, uh, it's of a woman. And no disrespect, but people weren't really friendly of having women no. on ships. And this is a Dutch merchant ship. Um... So she was an unlikely crew member, 
And it looks more like a doll than it is a person. Yeah, and it kind of looks like they're they're wearing, you know... Pants underneath a dress. Moccasins. Still get boots. And what does it look like, Sigrid Thornton? So, let's move on to theories. I want to start with what could possibly be your favourite first. Uh-huh. It's been hypothesised that the ship was involved in smuggling chemical compounds. Uh-huh. For example... Uh, potassium cyanide and nitroglycerin or bioweapons like nerve agents oh yeah we've got to love nerve agents so hypothetically I reckon with, if it was a nerve agent nerve agent everyone has like got on the ship and they feel cold because essentially they're breathing in there's a reduction in you know oxygen potential so they're breathing it in there's a higher amount of whatever the drugs or chemicals or whatever so they're feeling cold because it's pins and needles so it's like well we've now come into contact with an illegal substance so now we're like ooh better get off the boat you totally haven't worked in a neuroscience lab, have you? No. So um, the theory is, the so the theory is that somehow, somewhere, these this ship was carrying this crap. Yeah, and somehow water must have made its way gas into the ship's hold. It's reacted with the cargo and it's released toxic vapors. Um. This then would have been inhaled by the crew, causing them to die either by asphyxiation or a poisoning. Yeah. Right? So later when the Silver Star boarded, um, they may have somehow caused water to have, to reach the fourth cargo hold, where the nitroglycerin or whatever may have been stored. Yeah. Right? Because um, it's just people trying to tie two ends of the story together to make it seem legitimate. And then that somehow might have caused fire and, you yeah. know, then that results in the explosion. Boom. But the much more favoured version of this theory is the unsecured stash of nerve gas. Mm. Um, one, this like half of the theory postulates that the ship was transporting some kind of nerve gas that the Japanese military had stashed in China during the war and it was later seized by the Americans at the end of the war. And so the US military may have decided to have this merchant ship carry the cargo because A, this ship is unregistered. And B, because if a US warship transported it, it would leave a paper trail. No paper trail. Black ops. Yes, but also, if it was that important to the American fleet, why would they let a Dutch cargo ship transport it? Yeah. Know what I mean? It's all kind of, ooh, this is a ship that isn't really a ship. It's not really a boat. So, uh, theory number two is very similar, and that's carbon monoxide poisoning. And so, um, basically, what did I tell you at the beginning? SS stands for steamship, right? And how do they make steam? Water. Coal, buddy. Don't they use coal? Yeah, they use coal, but they use water. Yes, but it's... Don't they... Didn't they funnel freaking... They employed a man to shovel coal into the boiler, didn't they? Well, you'd hope so, because otherwise, if he wasn't employed... Listen, I don't need some Snowpiercer bullshit. Maybe, perhaps there was... Okay. okay. The way I see it, perhaps For there was a, a hole where they stored the coal. All right, then... regardless of whoever, however this coal is getting into the boiler, what I'm saying is, maybe there was incomplete combustion of the coal, right? Potentially. And so carbon monoxide is being formed instead of carbon dioxide, yeah. right? Which, if you don't know... 
for some biological reason, has more of an affinity to hemoglobin than oxygen, because that yeah. makes smart on an evolutionary scale, So essentially right? there was too much CO2 and someone said... CO, thank you very much, carbon monoxide. Uranium, uranium, <sighs> so, uranium. So whether it had been a fire or malfunction of the boiler system, either way, or like I'm postulating incomplete combustion, uh, you know, combustion from the engines. Um, in my less than certified knowledge of how boiler engines work, but it is what it is. Again, I wish I could dial a friend and ask my brother who is going to be a... What do they call that thing again? A Something cold, about an engine? A cold shoveler? No, an engineer. An engineer? But what happens if he wants to be like an engine leg or an engine arm? Or like I don't a... think he'd be able to do it because the poor kid's colorblind. <laughs> Imagine. Poor suck. Anyway, um, so regardless of that, remember how I told you that the ship was not damaged? Yeah, not at all. When allegedly the Silver Star crew boarded it. So if there was no fire that spread out of control, or evidence of fire spreading out of control, how can they reason that it was carbon monoxide or a fire, right? So to me, this one's a bit more sus because there were no burns. Like, the crew members didn't have burns. Yeah. I would assume if a fire was raging out of control in a metal a raging ship, fire. something, you know, some, at least someone would have received burns. Out of or control. Or there would be like, you know how your clothes get sooty? Yes. Right? I'm not making shit up. This, to me, sounds... My reasoning sounds legitimate here. Yes. I think my scepticism is... Yes, on point. Thank you. <laughs> so, to me, this is a bit more sus, because um, there wasn't any fire when the rescue ship arrived. So, I don't think that this theory fits well for me, but I'm just presenting it. This one... I'm not saying it's legitimate, but this one might be my favourite. Yep, yep. And this is that the Uran was potentially operating under the instruction of the CIA. So this one is kind of twisted, um, and it kind of picks up from the first theory being nerve gas, but we're going to get there. So in December of 1959, C.H. Mark Jr. of Scottsdale, Arizona, because you'd be very bored in Arizona in 1959, decides he wants to write a private letter to the director of the CIA at the time, Alan Dulles. 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 Sounds like Alan Lolly's Dullies. Anyway. Alan Lolly's. Within the letter, he first asked the recipient of the letter if they believe... Well, he first asked, obviously, the director of the CIA if they believe in the, you know, the story, um, if they believe that there, it was something from the unknown and, you know, what they think ultimately happened about the sinking. Um, and then this letter was later released to the public and declassified on the 5th of May 2003. Um... The person to who he wrote... First they say that he was writing to the director of the CIA, but that then they say that the person who he titled it to was redacted. You know yeah. what I mean? So you can actually go to the FBI um, database and read the sanitised meaning it's been blocked out. <clears throat> Let me just zoom in so I can see this better because I just put a screen grab of it. <clears throat> Do you want me to read this whole thing? Do it. Okay. On May 29... So this is the dude being... Um, what's his name? C.H. Mark Jr. And he goes, D... And then redacted or sanitized. On May 29, 1958, I sent you a letter concerning crews disappearing from ships on the high seas or ships which have disappeared without trace. 
Well, I have just read a weird story concerning the Dutch vessel SS Uramadan. I'll be indeed grateful for your opinion of this story. Also, do you think something from the unknown, in quotation marks, is involved? Yeah. In early February 1948, an SOS came from the SS Uramadan. Dutch and British listening posts located the vessel as proceeding through uh, Malacca Strait. The sea was calm, the weather clear. SOS, SOS, again, came from the frenzied call. After a short silence, all officers, including Captain Dead, lying in chart room on bridge. Probably whole crew dead. There followed a series of indecipherable dots and dashes, and then came quite clearly, I die. Rescue ships from Dutch, Sumatra, and British Malaya reached, rushed, sorry, the typewriting on this is so bad rushed to the indicated location of the vessel in distress. They found her only 50 miles from the position given. Boats were put over the sides to investigate. When boarding parties reached the Uramadan, they found an eerie sight. There wasn't a living creature on the ship, but I guess you wouldn't exactly call a corpse a living creature. No. The captain lay dead on the bridge. The bodies of the other officers were sprawled in the wheelhouse, chart room and ward room. The faithful sparks was slumped in a chair on the radio... Sh What's a faithful sparks? Whatever. In the radio shack. His hand still on the sending key. The bodies of the crew lay everywhere. In their rooms, in the passageways, on the decks. And all the dead faces was... A, and on all the dead faces was a look of compulsive horror. As a report for the proceedings of the Merchant Marine Council put it, their frozen faces were upturned to the sun... The mouths were gaping open and the eyes staring. Everyone was dead. Even the ship's dog, a small terrier, was lifeless in its teeth bared in anger or agony. But strangely, there was no sign of wounds or injuries on any of the bodies. After a quick conference, the boarding parties decided to put a tow line onto the vessel and take her... It's, it's typed out here, but I think it means her, into port. But at that very moment, smoke and flames be bellowed... Bellowed. I don't know what that means. B E L O H U D. Fourth from number four hold. The fire was immediately so hot and so widespread that it was impossible to subdue. The boarding parties hurriedly abandoned the vessel and returned to safety of their own ships. Moments later, there was a terrible explosion of the Uramadan, and then the vessel sank with all her dead crew. I feel sure that the SS Uramadan tragedy holds the answer to many of these airplane accidents and unsolved mysteries of the sea. Also, I've often thought about the many sightings of huge fiery spheres rising from the sea, or disappearing into the sea, by ships, captains and crews in the 18th and 19th centuries. There are alarming passages in old English chronicles written in medieval Latin and in Latin in Udumbla, or books printed before the year 1500 AD, which suggests that these fiery spheres cause destruction and that they, I think that says come from within our planet. For instance, in, well, oh, that's jumpy. In 216 BC, things like ships were seen in the sky over Italy. In Sardinia, a knight was making his rounds, inspecting the posts, guarding the rampart, when a stick in his hands burst into flames. So this guy's like picking at weird straws oh, here. Yeah. Um, how do we get from a ship to a knight in whatever. The same thing happened to Roman soldiers in Sicily who saw their javelin flame and burn in their hands. At, 
in April, a round shield was seen in the sky. Get it? Round shield? What does that remind you of? UFP, anyone? Captain America. Also in AD 1067, people saw a fire that famed and burned fiercely in the sky. It came near the earth and for a little time brilliantly lit up. Afterwards, it revolved, ascended on high, then descended into the sea. In several places, it burned woods and plains. Yes, enchanting sea, what terrifying secret does it hold? I feel sure that the SS Uramadan tragedy also holds the answer to this secret. Sincerely yours, C.H. Marok Jr. Then, it's stamped out, the name, and assistant to the director, Central Intelligence Agency, Washington, D.C. Right. So... The assistant to the director of the CIA sends a letter back. This document has also been uh, sanitised, but released by the FBI. So the address of Mr. CH um, has been blocked out, but the rest is still there. So it says, Dear Mr. Morocco, on behalf of Mr. Jules, may I acknowledge and thank you for your letter of 29 May. Although we are unable to answer your questions, your letter is very interesting and we appreciate your concern in these matters. Sincerely, name blocked out, assistant to the director. Yeah, interesting. So to me, I think it's a little sus that of all people, the assistant of the CIA director has the time To... to be writing these kinds of letters at the start of the Vietnam War. Yeah, very much so. Right? The assistant of the director of all people. So what happens if they were, obviously, you think about it, they're dealing with Agent Orange and all this sort of shit in Vietnam, napalm, all this sort of stuff. So obviously, if you're out in the, like people hiding in the woods and everything, and you had a gas... Burn them out. Burn them out, or make them trip the like trip the fuck out. Like just go in there. It's not going to wreck the infrastructure. Just you know, similar to mustard gas. Who knows? It makes sense that these things would have to be transported somehow. Yeah. And that ships would theoretically be safer because cargo planes, right? If they drop the big boom. And also the engines. I don't know how hot that cargo would get. Yeah. However, I don't think it makes sense. It makes more sense that they would de- they would classify or make a military ship look like a merchant ship. Yeah, but it's been known to happen. But why would they just pick a Dutch merchant ship? Because the Dutch? Maybe it was the, the origin of Lego. Totally. All right. So anyway, um, alternative theories that I've seen are a pirate attack. But again, the bodies weren't wounded, right? So name a pirate that can... Yeah. Maybe Davy Jones. Maybe it was, um, you know, Peg Leg Pete. Uh, and aliens. Jack Because Sparrow. they were staring at the sky and they died in fear and they were untouched. And this one I also think is quite on the more plausible side. But if you don't know... Um, the seabed actually can, like, where the vents are, because <laughs> there are, you know, it's not just one spot on the planet that there are vents, but um, methane actually leaks from the seabed. 
Yep. And it bubbles to the surface of the ocean. Um, and the theory is like, what if they were floating in an area where there are a lot of mm, vents? Yeah. Methane came up and boom. Boom. So, let's be skeptics. Not that we aren't already, but it is what it is. Yeah. So, have you heard of the Lloyd Shipping Register? No. Alright, so I did some digging, almost as much digging as I did on this topic to begin with. But this thing was established way, way, way back in 1764 as a means to give merchants an idea of the condition of the vessels that they were insuring and chartering. So, uh, are you ready to be schooled? Because School this is some me. dank information that School I didn't know me. about. Yes. It would rate ship hulls, A being the highest score. And they would also rate equipment one being the highest score. So have you heard of the expression A1? Yes. It was the Lloyd Shipping Register that invented that term. Ooh. So if a ship was rated A1, it had the best equipment and the best hull. So yep. therefore was most likely going to be the safest to transport your materials to yep. and from. Right? So Anyway, this register allegedly recorded all information on seagoing, self-propelled merchant ships that were 100 gross tons or more, and it was updated annually. And vessels remained on the register until they were sunk, wrecked, hulked, scrapped, or withdrawn from the register by the vessel's owner. Anyway, this whole detour is to pretty much is kind of necessary because the Uran Madan was never registered in any country. And allegedly, this was one of the first ways, and literally, allegedly, every ship that had to transport cargo that wasn't military or otherwise has to be on some kind of database. Yeah. Right? And this was just one of the first. Does that make sense? Yes. It's very, very dodgy. So... I kind of questioned how compulsory this registration was, but apparently even if, like, say that I work for, let's make a hypothetical Kmart, right? Even if I didn't register, like, I bought items and I needed a ship to transport, like, I'm a buy for Kmart and I needed a ship to transport those items from, let's say I bought it from Indiana in the US, right, and get them on a ship wherever I get them on a ship from. Let's actually, let's say uh, Texas, right? Because yep. it's more land, uh, sorry, it's more beachy. So have my ship, put everything on there. Even if I didn't register on the Lloyd database, the Lloyd database also fact checks with other databases, right? So it's like a more global network and it's more like a, it's like a Google. It can curate other people's databases too. It's more open source. Yes. So you can technically access this information and it will like, for example, I'm going to get to it in a sec, but you can type in a name of a ship and it will tell you where that ship is currently traveling to and from. Where it's going. Yes, right now, in real time. And it'll tell you the last updated coordinates within two minutes. Yep. Right? It won't tell you specific information as to who's captaining the ship unless you're a member and so on and so forth. Um, But it will tell you basic information. So I was like, this shit sounds dank. So I had a bit of fun. And I looked up the Silver Star um, on the register myself, and I found that there were two vessels. One was a bulk carrier that was built in 2011, so obviously that's not the real Silver Star because this happened over 60 years earlier. And um, there were two. That this one in 2011 was sailing under the flag of Panama, but we needed to be a Dutch ship, so it ain't that one anyway. 
Yep. And the second one was a reefer built in 1990, again, way too young, sailing under the flag of Norway. So, again, 1940s to 1990 and 2011. That ain't the right thing. So, I'm thinking it would be plausible that the vessel may have been retired and scrapped or whatever and no longer on the register, but still, that wouldn't discount the fact that it would have been on previous editions yeah. of the register, right? So, apparently, people have gone back through previous annuals and they found that the Silver Star was allegedly reported to be a real ship but he had no record of a rescue attempt. And this could be because A, it never happened, or B, again, it was covered up by the US military or the CIA. And I found this other source um, on the Philadelphia Experiment website, which again, I'm not saying is legitimate, but I'm just here to cover what I read. And they alleged that the Silver Star was originally christened Santa Cecilia by the Grace Line, um, which is owned by W.R. Grace and Co. And it was later renamed the Silver Star when the United States Maritime Commission drafted in 1946. So in 1947, it had been reacquired by Graceline Shipping Company, who then renamed the vessel to Santa Juana till it was scrapped in 1971. So in reality, it was only named the Silver Star for a short period of time. But again, when you go to look at the actual, okay, where where on the database did you see that? Like, where is the copy yeah, of exactly. the annual report? They never listed their sources. So Sorry. it's not like I could go to, you know, find out where they saw this actual image. No, it sounds like someone was cutting corners. Yeah. So then I've gone, okay, I'm going to have a look at them saying in 1947, right, that it existed. But the articles on the database I tried to get to didn't have anything past, I think it was the 1800s. Yep. So I was like, because they had only digitized up until that point, this one particular database I looked at. And everyone, well, it's not going to be there. That's nearly two centuries before it actually happened. Yeah. So I've gone, well, that skips me for a joke. So personally, I reckon that this whole thing's a hoax and it's been more than well and truly debunked. But I think it would have been a great story made about the US as they headed into the Cold War. Yeah, I think it's all bullshit. It's um, just all... Yeah. So... The game is phenomenal. I'm not going to say how it ends, but their take on it was absolutely fantastic. You tell me with what you think. Hit me with it. I think it's pretty much um, not a sandboy chip. I think <laughs> it is essentially just a myth. I reckon it was... The man, the myth, the legend. legend. I reckon there was um, they were doing, say, something covert. <laughs> maybe the Silver Star was tripping on some nerve substances. Yeah, and maybe they just slaughtered the whole crew and then covered it all up by stealing the actual shit. And burning the ship and then fucking sinking it. Could you imagine? Statistically, do you think it's plausible that there are ships floating out there that no one has come across for, if not a decade, centuries? Yeah, absolutely. 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 I mean, like, floating, whether they be anchored or whatever, like, anchored or whatever, and people just haven't come across them because the ship... I mean, there's a lot of water out there. There's a fuck ton of water. I reckon that there's a lot of shit out there that we don't know about. It's just fucking dodgy as fuck. The scary thing is it makes sense for them to... What do they call it? Um, contract out the transport of these substances. But at the same time, you'd think if something was so um, volatile, why would it be on a merchant ship of all things? Yeah. I think definitely something was covered up. 
someone's done some dodgy shit. I'm not saying that I think the Man of Medan exists. I'm just saying, like, do you think in real life... Like, they'd have to... Trend, the US government or Australia, whatever, whoever's dropping the shit, they would have had to... Like, for to Vietnam, for example, right? Did they transport that shit themselves? Possibly. They would have had to, right? I think, yeah, it, it's, it's all, you know, all a bit of a joke. Absolutely. And the fact that, you know, it's still... Obviously, too, everyone wants, like, they call it, like, a romantic seat-bearing story. Bullshit. How's it romantic? Either of the way people die. Yeah, people die. Unless it's, they call it a romanticised story, because it is, a like, a ghost story, you know, and people back in the 50s and 60s, they loved the idea of a ghost ship. Yeah. Allegedly. Like, how we like haunted houses, they loved ghost ships, because lighthouse stories and shit was in. No, they did some dodgy shit. Do you know apparently it was the British who used herbicides and defoliants first during the Malayan emergency in the 50s? And then Kennedy was like, let's use it in the Air Force during right. Vietnam. And then just fucking drop it from so the So it was air. Kennedy that was like, let's do this. Let's just fucking drop this shit and then let's weaponize it. Boom. And the US military sprayed nearly 20 million US gallons which is 760,000 cubic metres of various chemicals. And then they're not only that, they're even going around fucking around with white phosphorus. That's a... I don't even want to... Which is, you know, banned against... Oh, banned by the Geneva Convention, you know. Fuck that shit. So, yeah. <sighs> this is some... Wait, look, can I just show you sure, go for it. this map? Like, I'll like, look up map showing locations of U.S. Army aerial herbicide spray missions in South Vietnam, taking place from 1965 to 1971. That is what a third of the nation. Yeah, they literally dive bomb, not dive bomb, but they just sprayed Jeez. and prayed. Yeah, across between like a, a arc between Quang Tri and Kamau. Yeah, they fucking put heaps of shit all over the place. Fucking crazy. Look at Mardar there in the middle. And the... Fucking crazy. This is scary shit. But, you know, you look what they did there. It's just, you know... Crazy. Very, very crazy. I don't think, you know, people realise just how much damage was done by chemical warfare. They didn't tell the public, did they, for like five or six years from memory? No. And then they only started speaking out about it because they were like, oh, there's a lot of side effects. And then United Nations said that they were violating Geneva Protocol. Yeah. Because it's technically a chemical and biological weapon, but then the US defeated the the resolutions, saying that Agent Orange was not a chemical or biological weapon. It was considered a herbicide and defoliant. And it was used by that definition. Because they wanted to wipe out the trees yeah. so that way they could get in and see them. Because yeah. it was very dense forest. 
And then it it was argued that if the US were to be charged for using Agent Orange, then Britain and the Commonwealth nations should be charged since they also used it widely during the Malayan emergency in the 1950s. This is disgusting. Yeah, that's some fucked up shit. But you know, here we just on it's ongoing. So perhaps uh, you know some kind of military kind of, I suppose, endeavor slash mission was down, and perhaps the whole thing is a cover up. So the ship is gone. Maybe it was never called the Ramadan. Maybe it was called something else. But this is the whole meal. That makes sense. Yeah. But still, people would have fact-checked all the... Perhaps they did fact-check, and perhaps they just... It's just been wiped off. Yeah. I don't know. All I'm saying is it makes sense, statistic... But it makes plausible sense that the American government wouldn't want to transport that toxic shit themselves. Yeah. And they would out... Contract out the transport of them and said would say, like... Yo, meet us in this city and yeah. we will pay you to do this. But at the same time, how would they guarantee that their cargo would be treated safely and stuff like that? So I'm saying the idea of them subcontracting... Look, they already do it for private military companies and stuff. Yeah. It would make sense that they do ships and shit. Like, you can't tell me that there isn't a register somewhere that if a large portion of whatever nation's navy fleet is damaged, they wouldn't have a list of cargo ships or no. whatever to be like this w- this ship is now drafted into or what do they call it baptized in our fleet or something like that yeah um deputized is that the word i'm looking for deputized. i can't remember but it makes sense that for example pearl harbor you can't tell me that they suddenly within months were able to make heaps more ships you it know what i mean that thing reserve. takes time all in reserve Imagine, and also too, they just conveniently had the fleet out. From from a standpoint of whether it be maritime warfare or whatever, it, it, it's a sti- statistically stupid. It's like a bottleneck. Yeah. Very big bottleneck. So, yeah. Ooh. What happened? Was the CIA going off against MI6? Was it secretly a ship? Was someone, you know, creating a more powerful blend of fucking Tetley? Or Dilma? No, this is too dangerous. Not going to So what's the T behind the T? Imagine if it was... Oh, there wasn't anything really nuclear. Oh, technically there was, because Cold War was around. Imagine if it was, like, transporting an early nuclear reactor and they were like... Imagine if everyone got suddenly, like, radiation poisoning and bang... But if that was the case, then everyone on the Silver Star would have also been exposed. Yeah. And they would have come back wherever they were from, whether it be the Netherlands or whatever. And mm. um, they would have had effects. And that would have been documented in the news too. Like in the they would come across tetanus. They had tetanus vaccinations back then, no? Mm. No? Mm. I don't know. Yeah. Grasping it's, I'm grasping its shores at this point. All I'm saying is, is it's just shit. Yep. So there you the go. one that scares the shit out of me is like the, where they did the um, 
bikini atoll where they oh, were testing the nuclear. Bombed the absolute shit out of it. And then they... Um, and what was the one where the men were making the ballistics for the... It was a uncoupler, a mitochondrial uncoupler. And these men were like burly, big, stocky men who had to carry these freaking ballistics that were loaded onto planes to drop bombs. And they were making them and they just became shriveled up little reeds. You know what I'm talking? Yeah. Oh, I can't remember what it's called though. Um... Right, not a good way to go. Seriously, not a good way to go. Okay, try Nitro told you in. No, 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 that's not it. It's like a... That's TNT. Yes, I... They... Listen, I, I have to go back... I'll have to go back and find my biochem thing. But basically, now... I can't remember what that compound was. But now they're giving it to people... Not that it's legal in Australia, but you can buy it if you know where to buy it on the dark web. And it's supposed to be a diet pill. Yeah. yeah because no. it makes you lose weight. So severe diuretic. It's a mitochondrial uncoupler. Yeah, which is very, very fucking bad. Extremely fucking bad. Why the fuck would people do that? I don't know. Same way they sell people freaking um, the helminths eggs and giving people worms. Yeah. Because they're like, oh, you can eat whatever you want and the worm is going to infest your body. Strange. Very, very strange. What to do? Listen, I'm telling you this thing exists. I'm not an idiot. I saw... <sighs> Again, I must be typing some really weird shit. <sighs> Look, I, I'm going to have to go through my hard drive and find that lecture because I know it existed. Yeah. I'm telling you, it's real. I believe I think I did it. in the biomed course, now that I think about it. I don't know. But anyway, that is that. I think it's all a sham. Yeah, I think it's all bullshit. Ooh. Maybe it was there to make the Vietnamese fearful of... Yeah. Like, it was more like a, a, like a, a story a, to make them freak a out. A ghost story so they wouldn't be out seafaring because of this So they shit. wouldn't be out seafaring, and also they'd be like, shit, what are the Americans dumping on us? Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know what I mean? I think that that's more plausible than... Yeah, makes sense. Transporting cargo. Yep. Alrighty, that's um, it. Excellent. Anything else you want to share with this group? Nope, nope. That's it. All good. Done. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. Thank you uh, very much. I hope you enjoyed. Um, if you would like to... I forget how I end this, even though I say it every single time. Um, if you would like to request a topic, uh, we'll have our form link down below so you can do that you can listen to us on apple podcast Castbox, castro google podcast listen notes luminary player fm podbean pod chaser radio public you can subscribe um, via email we're also on spotify stitcher swoot tuning and overcast we re-upload in a video format to um youtube we're also on instagram twitter or you can email us at controls and couches at gmail.com his youtube is full metal chicken yes i am i am steph Fafar. thank you so much for listening and we'll see you in a few days absolutely well, and just remember if you like boats and ships always drive because airfares are cheap that made no sense but neither do my skills call of duty time pew pew bum, bum. Bum, bum.
This time I'm going to Enemy AC-130 above. Enemy AC-130 below in the submarine form. Also too, when you want to run silent, always go for the Collins class. Um, yeah, noisy as fuck. Not, you know, yeah. It's not even a submarine. Well, you'd think it's a submarine. It's basically just a noisy tractor. A noisy underwater tractor. Fucking shit. There's a fucking conspiracy right there. What a load of shit. And on that note... It's DNP. Thank you very much. I'm telling you, it was legitimate. They use DNP. Hold on. Let me... I'm telling you, it's. I told you it was real. Yep. I told you. I'm not making shit up. 2,4-dinitrophenol. Which is shit. In case anyone wonders what a phenol group is. Yeah. That's some annoying shit. There's a picture of a man loading this shit into the, I'm going to call it a ballistic, yeah, a rocket, whatever the hell it is. Um, and then they cop the side effects of it afterwards. What? Big time. Dude, how do you go from stocky men weighing 250 to pounds to a fucking... Bullshit. So people have died taking these diet pills because yeah. water pills. No, it's a Fucking it's a compound from bombs, my dude. I know, I know bombs. Fucking stupid. Yeah. So okay, I can die happy now, knowing that I freaking found out what it's called. <laughs> All right. That's it, we're done. All done, all good. Enemy AC-130 above. Enemy AC-130 above. And on that note... May the force be with you. Live long and prosper. And also with you. Cheese, biscuits, donuts. For the win. Yeet. For everything else is MasterCard. And Uber. <laughs> and freaking downloads. Cold War's gonna be shit. Listen, I don't know. You know, apparently people haven't been streaming Cold War. Uh, the alpha or the beta that was this weekend but I think that's because the majority of streamers are PC players yeah I think so so I reckon this weekend it's going to be popping popping what's popping don't poppin'? mind me just watching just watching and on that note we will be off signing off see you next time for another exciting episode of knowledge and wisdom from the Stephafar and random you know stupid comments from the chicken that's why I egg right, everyone. we're done. Yep, we're done. Yep. Back by All Adios right, Machach. Okay. Signing off. Au revoir. Try the veal. If you're a vegetarian. For Pete's sake, child. <laughs> yes. Bye-bye.